So the first story I'm going to tell is a story that's about both of us, so she can kind of interject if she wants to correct me since it was forever ago and I might remember it accurately. Is a story about caramel apples. I wrote, I actually wrote this in creative writing in sixth grade. <laughs> I wrote this down to embarrass her. So, you know, Chris and I's friendship is anew. And I always made a point to have food, like whenever I have people over. And I still do that because there's something wrong with me. I was obsessed with these apples. They're called grapples. They were a grape apple fusion because why not? But I was obsessed with them. And I got those and I got caramel. She was over, we're eating them. And I just wondered if I could stuff a whole half of one into my mouth. And when I wonder something, I then test the theory. So I do that. And I was successful. But I couldn't really close my mouth. And Krista starts to laugh. Which then makes me shoot apple through my goddamn nose. And I had to, like, chug water out of the sink like some hobo. (laughs) While she's laughing the entire time. And I'm, like, sixth grade cussing. Which is me going, like, Krista, why would you do that? Like, why, how dare you? It's shot through my freaking nose. And then for the next, like, two months as punishment, anytime Krista went to the water fountain to drink water, I would just summon myself behind her and make her laugh and shoot water through her nose. It was a a weird time for both of us. I'm surprised you're still my friend. (laughs) I was just like, I'm just going to torture you for two months for making me shoot caramel apples through my nose. I think at the time, I think I felt bad about it. I think that's what I remembered. And I think I even, like, that was kind of part of the reason why I just let you scare me because I just I felt bad but like I felt I didn't well I mean we talked about this before but I didn't really have a lot of friends so I think like I was just like I was like I made my one friend mad at me (laughs) I deserve this that's even better knowing that back thinking back I was like man I was such a dick where are you my friend but now I know I was just reading into your guilt and making you feel better by torturing me so that's it for our first story time (laughs) This is Passion for Your Passions. I'm Krista. And I'm Julie. And today we're going to talk about video games. I am Ferdinand von Eyer. Woohoo! <laughs> what is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. So, welcome to the video game episode. For this first episode, we're going to be very broad in the way that we talk about video games. We're doing this for a few reasons. For one, this is kind of the way that we want to do our episodes. If we feel the need to go into things more specifically, we will. So if throughout the episode you hear one of us say no or kind of cut the other one off, (laughs) it's because we already know that that's a deep rabbit hole that we've set aside for another episode. And it's specifically in our notes to cut the other one off. (laughs) And we don't want this to be two hours long. Not yet. You don't love us enough yet for that kind of commitment. For this one, we're just going to talk about video games. We're going to talk about why we think that everybody could have a love for video games. And also why we have a love for video games. So that's kind of getting into our first topic. First thing being, when and how did it start? Julie? I was at the ripe age of like six or seven. <laughs> I know. I apple, know specific- apple eyes. <laughs> yeah, apple eyes. <laughs> Super tiny. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh, fresh out of the womb. I know specifically. That's six. <laughs> That's six. I know specifically seven because StarCraft and as a family, my siblings, my father and I all played that game every night. And for all of you that want to know, my license plate is Zerg, because that's what I always played. <laughs> and then the other thing that I wrote in, one of my problems is that a lot of people love Zelda and love all these old console games that I can't relate to at all, because I was not allowed to have consoles growing up because it would make me gay. So 
That was the logic. But you know why that happened? It's because in the toy section, it was separated by boys and girls. And <laughs> the video game companies wanted to be advertised properly, essentially. And they're like, well, it has to go in the toy section. Well, it's it's separated by gender, so you got to pick a side. And they just picked the boys' <laughs> side. And so the, all the video game stuff was advertised towards boys. So it would have made me but, get it, apparently. I mean, but you played... Starcraft. I mean, you played... Yeah. Did you play other RTSs? So, RTS stands for Real-Time Strategy. Okay. Which, in layman's terms, is kind of just making you the general of an army or a civilization, more or less. Like, you control resources, you control soldiers, components, and you're playing as a full team. So then there are games that do it real life type style. So you play like World War II games where you get to play as Germany or Japan or whomever and you get to adjust the timelines. The best way I like to think about RTSs is, is like chess. It That's like the best comparison I can think of. It's a little bit different because like Julie said, you might get more into, you know, like World War II and like different factions from World War II or something like that. But it at its basics, it's kind of like chess. You're doing things strategically to win. The only real difference I would say would be the resource management and the timeline. Yeah, I guess other than that, I played military games like we did Law of Command and Conqueror, Red Alert. I did play Need for Speed 3. I specifically <laughs> remember that. That's very random. It's very random. And then I played, it was all PC. So I also played Jumpstart to first grade and that kind yeah. of stuff. Botley is forever burned into my brain. But Krista had a very different upbringing. The very first thing I think that I can probably remember playing is Mario Kart 64, which is kind of weird because I don't think I played that game a lot, but I remember being very young, maybe under the age of five young, playing Mario Kart 64. And I think I played a few games here and there throughout the years, mainly because my dad would have them or my uncle would have them. I think I played a lot of things I probably really should not have played, like <laughs> Diablo and stuff yeah. when I was pretty young. I'm <laughs> kind of surprised I was allowed to play that game. I also remember playing Ocarina of Time and stuff, although that was way before I understood how to even play the game. So it was mainly... Just going in circles. Yeah, was, I would mainly get on the horse. So I'd get on a Pona and just go around the field. I wouldn't even do anything. I'd just go around the field. And so, that would, sounds that was, right. Yeah, that was about my experience. I think it took me about four years to get out of the first level <laughs> because I just, I didn't understand how to play video games. Those games are hard. And then... Probably from there, I think the first real video game that I played that I really understood what I was doing was Halo. And that was mainly because a family friend had it. We would play it when he was around. It was a game I got pretty used to. I wouldn't say that I still am super into Halo. I know that for a lot of people, that's like one of their favorite games ever. I feel kind of neutral about Halo. Those would probably be my earliest experience. Before before I really had a love for video games, that would be the ones that I would yeah. say I had. So these were our early exposures, the ones you didn't fully understand when you played them, that you're just kind of looking, moving mouse or moving your controller toggle, that kind of thing. So now we should probably get into what was the first game that really impacted you and made you think, I want to play games. Jade Empire! You're not allowed to talk about Jade Empire. Jade Empire! You're not allowed to talk about Jade Empire. We went over this. So what? make me cry. Hold on. You can talk about what Jade Empire is. You just can't talk about Jade Empire. So okay. what is Jade Empire to those who have no idea? So the first real love of video games that I had was with a genre of video games called RPGs. RPGs are role-playing games. It's basically storytelling. 
Like, yeah, it's all be. about the story. It's about characters, the environment. It's, you're reading a book that you also get to control. It probably would be like those choose-your-own-adventure books, which that kind of makes it sound nerdy because, you <laughs> know... Because this isn't nerdy. Well, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, like, when you're playing the game, you're only going to experience one story. It's not like you're reading it and it's like, oh, yeah, I got to flip to here. It does it all automatically. But for me, that was a really big deal, that aspect of storytelling, because... I think ever since I was pretty young, storytelling has always been a very big deal to me. So for me to play a game where I really connected with the story and I really connected with these characters and I actually cared, that was a very big deal for me. And that was what really fundamentally changed my opinion of what a video game could be. It didn't just have to be Mario Kart or guns. <laughs> Those are the only other options in this realm. Well, when I was a kid, in the nineties. <laughs> Before then, because I didn't have a PlayStation, for a long time, I really had a Nintendo 64. That was what I had. So I played a lot of the games that you would play on a Nintendo 64, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Donkey Kong 64, things like that. But these weren't really games that were, I mean, even Ocarina of Time, the stories kind of go kill Ganon. <laughs> go take care of it, bro. <laughs> to finally find one of these games where it told me this very in-depth story, that was that was the deal breaker for me. Well, to kind of expand on that, the other aspect about RPGs is usually not always that you control a lot more, that a lot more is at your hand versus just being pre-done. So to go into that, my game that made an impression on me was Fable, which is also an RPG. But the difference between it and Jade Empire's Fable is literally just you influence the environment around you at all costs. Do whatever. There is a timeline and a story that you follow. But essentially, I could tell everyone to fuck off and do what I want. Jade Empire, it's about the detail of every character. Every character has their own moment, their story, their personality. Fable, nobody really, not a lot of people have personality. Like a baseline RPG is very basic in the way that pretty much every RPG you get stuck in jail at some point. Like you get trapped somewhere and you have to figure out how to play. Everyone, every one of them has some sort of fight arena or like challenge mode. And then you have random weapons you can go find that are really unique. So to me, Fable is the like most basic RPG you can get. But there's so much beauty and gloriousness in that. And without like giving anything away, there is like a super epic, super hard weapon to get. Guess what it is? It's a frying pan. <laughs> and you have to do so much <laughs> to get this stupid frying pan. Yeah. And there's just so many, things like that in this game but the real thing that really got to me I was so used to video games that had like a strategy to them or this one way you always do it you don't do it any other way in Fable it's your choice you can be good you can be evil you can slap people you can just decide like that nah, you can sacrifice people to some god for a bow that apparently may or may not exist and then there's also like the opposite temple so it's very black and white in that way but you can just live in gray and I love that you can play the game over and over again and learn something new find something silly do something different and I think in that way, I think we kind of had the same experience then. It just kind of seems like, you know, we were so used to just video games being this one kind of way. And, and to be clear, too, I'm not saying that video games that are, you know, like Nintendo games or like Halo or RTSs or any of that stuff are bad. It's just... Those are the games that we were told to play that we were kind of forced yeah. to play and we didn't know anything else. These were the first games we really chose to play and they were totally different and we didn't yeah. know they existed. And yeah. so it just made a huge impression on us, I think. Yeah, but I do just want to make that clear because there's really... Video games are broad and I mean, you know, it's, it's like people's tastes in movies. You know, you can like completely different movies from somebody and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. 
So you can see just by us talking about why we care about video games so much. You kind of get an idea of this, but to delve on this a little bit further, what pulls you into gaming, Julie? Why do you choose to game? Well, a little known, possibly known fact about me, I'm very bad at relaxing. It sounds really stupid when I say it out loud, but I'm a restless person. I can't just sit there. Unless I'm sick or dying, I'm like, why am I not doing something? And video games kind of channel that. There's something to do in the video game. It's like I have goals still while yeah. I'm relaxing, and then that just kind of gives you a break from the world. I will say. I feel like this is a very weird trait for an introvert, right? Well, no, like, <laughs> well, I have a ton of hobbies for a reason. <laughs> that's what, that's the core of the podcast is that we have problems with hobbies. Because if I sit still, I'll face the existential dread. <laughs> yes, I can't do that. I have to do something. So video games, video games are a distraction for me. They're a way for me to kind of like be focused on something else for a moment. And as for me... For this question, I don't know. I think that this maybe sounds somewhat controversial because I think there are people in the world that have a bad viewpoint of video games. For me, I don't view it any differently than I do a movie or what I suppose some people must view sports like. To me, it's just entertainment. That's that's the reason why I would play a video game. If I'm bored and there's no TV shows that are catching my interest, if there's no books I want to read, or just simply if there's a game out there I want to play, that's kind of the viewpoint I would have of it. It takes the same place as a movie. Which we want to add a note. Anyone that says you're too grown up for video games can go fuck themselves. I've yeah. heard that a lot, especially... Not to be sexist. I hear it coming from women all the time where they'll talk to people and be like, well, I want someone who's grown up. They're not going to be playing video games. I'm like, do you know how many people do? Like, it's not, it's okay. Don't watch reality TV. I grew out of that when I realized it's not reality. Like what? It's the same concept. Like, don't, yeah. if I enjoy it, yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, because that's even the thing, too, I've heard, you know, because, like, I don't want to give people crap for liking sports or anything. If you like sports, you like sports. But I, I think it's kind of the same thing. And I think that that sometimes is the thing that frustrates the gaming community is, you know, it's it's perfectly common for people to spend their Sundays watching five hours of football or their Wednesdays watching five hours of football. And it's like, if I don't want to watch football, can't I spend it playing? Like, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm about to throw some really controversial stuff down, okay? This is a hill I will die on. If golf is a sport, so are video games. And I will die on that goddamn hill, okay? <laughs> Am I saying golf doesn't take talent? No, it takes a ton of talent to be yeah. good at golf. It takes a lot of skill and talent. Does it take a lot of talent to be really good at certain video games? Yeah, it takes a lot of skill and dedication mm. and talent. Do you drive a cart in this sport? Yeah, that means it doesn't really take a whole lot of athleticism that's not like dexterity or specific. Does it take dexterity and all that kind of stuff for video games? Yeah, it does. So if golf is a sport, so are video games. That's all I have to say about that. So now that we've talked about where it started, what games really got it kickstarted, we're going to talk about the games that we spent a lot of hours on and our favorite types of games. But I may note our next episode is about Bioware. So we are refraining from RPGs just because that's all we would talk about. Jade Empire! For the rest of the episode. <laughs> so we're going to go into other types of games so that we don't just keep running into the rut. Killing me. RPGs. You will get a whole episode <laughs> where I will talk about Mass Effect and you will talk about Jade Empire. Do you notice how I didn't throw Dragon Age in there? Because that's another episode. Because we'll talk about it all day. I'm dying. <laughs> so anyway, since Krista can't focus, I'll <laughs> <laughs> so some of the games I've wasted a lot of my life on would include Don't Starve, which is a survival game. It's kind of like if Tim Burton created a game, it's really dark and creepy. With survival games, you have stats. So you have for this game, you'll have sanity, health, hunger, and the main, it's called Don't Starve because your hunger level is really hard to maintain. 
and it goes through weather like seasons that you have to channel through there are monsters in it and also if it's nighttime you will die if you don't have a source of light you will get got by the group yeah. and it's horrible and I don't know why I love this game. I think it's because it's hard. People compare it, for you non-nerds, when people say it's like the Dark Souls of whatever, if they relate it to Dark Souls, that means it's really, really hard. Do people say that about Don't They Star? do. They say it's like the hmm. it's like the Dark Souls of survival games. So that's why people always say, you should play Don't, Dark Souls. I'm like, how about no? Like, they're not the same. Yeah. <laughs> but this game is very not, is not forgiving. That's the kind of the idea why they say it's Dark Souls. Because in Dark Souls, you die a lot. That's kind of the like cliche advertisement for it. The only way you learn to do anything and don't starve is just dying yeah. <laughs> all the time. Like, what's this do? Oh, it kills me. Cool. What happens if I go up to that buffalo? What's this hole in the ground? And then you jump into it. It's like, whoa, that was a loophole that made you insane. You're <laughs> like, that's cool. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's definitely a very interesting game. It's actually kind of one that I find surprising that you like as much as you do, but. I'm really good at it, you. You know, sometimes that's a reason. Hundreds of days at a time. So for me generally i don't know i've gone on a very weird loop when it comes to video games there's there's plenty of things that i play but lately i am on this kick that i like to call i like to play the 100 plus hour rpg that makes me hate myself um so basically everything i've played in the last four years pretty much falls into that category besides a couple platformers which we'll get into that so Put a pen in it. The first one I'll talk about is Persona 5, which is another RPG. For for me, RPGs are pretty big. Top Scooby. Yeah, that, that is a lot of what draws me to games, because like I said, I'm very into storytelling and stuff. Persona 5, I would say, is kind of more of a lighthearted RPG. It can be a bit heavier, but there's more focus on the people and the personal relationship, like The Sims, I guess. But there's more story to it than there is in The Sims. Like, you have more interaction. There's So, for example, you know, if you want to get a stat, you would maybe go to a store and eat a cheeseburger, and then that cheeseburger makes you have confidence. You have power so now. then you can do other things. And that's the kind of the way burger. the stats work. Yeah, or if you want to get smarter you know, you go to class and, you know, that's kind of the thing about it. But there is a story. It's just the story. It's kind of 50-50 where there's story and then there's like these tasks like building that you character. have to do. Yeah. yeah. And it, it makes it sound very weird when I say it like that. But I do very much like the story, although it is a long game. <laughs> and towards Which the Which is end, what you already mentioned. You're like, I like to play games that burn my life away. <laughs> yes. I, I think my thing is, is I like to play games that are so long that by the end of it, I'm ready to take a break. <laughs> I like to mix it up. I usually play two games at once. And one's like a long-winded story thing that requires a lot of focus. And the other one's just like, I have 20 minutes. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna... Which I would say that for me is probably Dungeon Defenders, which is like a really dumb tower defense kids game that kids play with me. Like, kids that ask you, are you a girl? How old are you? When I'm like, not 14, they, like, their mind gets blown. Wait, do you mean, like, 20? Higher, bro. Higher, bro. Like, think your mom, if she had you in high school. But anyway, tower defense game means that essentially you have something to guard. And you have, like, units you build, so towers. So you'll build things that can defend. And that's it, tower defense. Tower defense game. This is a really dumb one. I don't know why I spend so many hours on. It just got me at a weird time, and then I just got sucked in. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Yeah, I don't. It's free. <laughs> I don't know if 
See, that's kind of, I think, a, an interesting difference between you and I, because I don't think that happens to me often. Even with, um, I think some of the games we'll get into in a little bit, some of the ones that we have in common, I don't tend to be into the ones that are very, you know, you need to do this, this, and this each day. That starts to wear on me after a while. So let's take Stardew. We're going to talk about Stardew a lot. It was like, hey, build this community center. I'm like, that is what I'm going to do. And as soon as that was done, I didn't give a shit anymore. That's why that's how I yeah. do my hobbies too. Where I'm like, that's the thing I'm focused on. And then there'll be so much more yeah. to the game. You can do relationships. You do all, I don't give a shit. I wanted to build the community center. I did it. Leave me alone. Game over. Game over. <laughs> so with all those like farm simulators, all these kinds of games that people get sucked into, I get sucked into a very, very specific amount of time. Yeah. And then know, I'm done. <laughs> the only one that I can think of, actually, this just came to me just now. Do you remember that one that we used to play? You were building a restaurant or something. So then you had to go to other people and get them to friend Yes. I don't even remember what that one was called. But I remember Ooh. we were just obsessed with that <laughs> one for a while. And then I got irritated because you do definitely hit a wall. You hit a wall after a while. And it probably doesn't exist anymore. So don't go looking for this game. Yeah, but don't. The other game I have on here that does fall into a slightly different category, although I still would put this in the 100 plus hour game that makes me want to hate myself, Fire Emblem. I do want to talk about Fire Emblem because I think that this game is a good game for, especially for people who are kind of beginners. And I would even say the beginners of RPGs because it's not, it's not a complicated game to play. It's kind of a mixture between an RTS, so real-time strategy, and an RPG role-playing role game. game. So it's very turn-based, which, you so know. So what's that mean exactly? Again, I think chess is a good way to explain it. You have a piece, you move it, you do a, what, an action of some kind. Let's say you fight somebody. That is your turn. So then you have so many turns to do so many actions. So maybe you could say you have, you get to do five actions. So you could have a unit go fight somebody. You could have another unit take a potion because they're low on health. You could have another unit, I don't know, dance. <laughs> Freestyle. Um, you, you can, can have, have a unit hide. So you yeah. can have like someone go back, get healed, hide in a tent, something like that. And, and it's all a strategy because then when your turn is over, the enemy is going to take all their turns and they're going to try to undermine you yeah make you lose you want to win that's i mean that's, that's all games are <laughs> of anything sports video games this is how we can win. relate to everyone you just yeah. have to win fire emblem's a very long withstanding game so there's probably people you know who have played nintendo and who know of fire emblem but i would say particularly the newest one that's come out on the switch which is fire emblem three houses is very good for somebody who wants to get started into rpgs because like i said it's it's fairly easy to play and it still has all that nice gooey RPG stuff that I love, which is a deep, engrossing story <laughs> that after I'm done playing the game, I think about I think for about three days. That. And then I need to go replay the game so that way I can feel better because I've lost a part of my soul. Which I want to take this moment to say, if you are intimidated by certain games, like, for instance, The Witcher is a good one. Say you're like, I want to play The Witcher, but the first one is so old and I don't have that console or anything. Most games, you can kind of start with the latest one and it's not a big deal. And you can either go back if you loved it and you want to learn more about some backstory or anything, but it's kind of a modern thing now that a lot of games are updated to make it still friendly for a newcomer yeah. to come in. 
So I find a lot of people have that problem where they're like, I go to start these games and it's on the third one. I don't know what to do. They'll generally teach you. And Fire Emblem Three Houses is interesting because this is in a series of video games where it is standalone. Final Fantasy is like this, if people are familiar with Final Fantasy. None of the Final Fantasies are connected. I don't really understand why they keep <laughs> they calling it the same game, but they're not connected. And I think sometimes they are, but it's thousands of years or whatever. And it's just, oh, hey, there's a name from the last one. But the story's completely different. Normally the setting's completely different. Fire Emblem's like this too. Besides maybe a few of them, they're not connected. You can pick up any one of them. The stories will start over from fresh. Uh, they'll teach you everything. And so. like I said, I usually find it even better that once you figure out you love this game to go back and play the other ones because there are some little moments or characters yeah. that are referenced, that kind of thing. So it gives you more reason to like the last one, yeah. but it's not the core reason. But Julia is right. Most games nowadays, you can pick them up. Like if, if they're recent, you can pick them up. It's going to teach you how to play it. There might be a few where you would miss some things contextually story-wise, but for them, it's going to be so rare and far between that generally you can just pick. It's pick more it like an start. Easter egg than anything half the time. So yeah. Harry oh, Potter wow. 3! <laughs> we should talk about Harry Potter. Harry Potter! This, okay, all <laughs> these weird games that we share. I do want to talk about Harry Potter 3 because Harry Potter 3 is probably the pride of my childhood. Oh my god. <laughs> This game. Harry Potter 3 gave me my first hand cramp from playing video games. This game is better than any game has any right to ever be. Because normally, okay, I'm saying that somewhat sarcastically, because most of the time when you have a movie tie-in game... It's hot trash. Then yeah. It's just a money grab. It's hot trash. There's a few that are okay. Harry Potter 3, I don't even think that the first two were Okay, uh, I replayed them recently. I had a Harry Potter weekend because okay. I'm a huge nerd. And one, well, of my, one of my friends came over and we had a GameCube and we played <laughs> through the games. The first one took us so long. It is so broken. <laughs> it was very upsetting and it made us just not want to continue. We're just like, oh God, are they all like this? Did we just remember the rose-colored glasses? We played two. Put in perspective, the first one took us two and a half days of consistent playing and misery. Two took us like a day. Two was good. Two's fine. Okay. Has peeves. That's the thing about the Harry Potter games is they include stuff that's not in the movies. It's yeah. also just in the books. Harry Potter 3 was great. It was still as wonderful as I remember. And yeah. And then they got kind of weird from there on. Okay. Because... Four is still good. Four is really weird. But it's good. Yeah. Five is hot trash. That's yeah. when they start turning into hot trash. Game back to three. Just because. <laughs> because we were talking about that and we go on a long tangent. Three... It's really good. I can't even really put into words why it's good. It's just all of the tasks that you have to do. The world is very there. Like it feels, it feels the most like Harry Potter probably. Yeah. Other ones that we both like. Uh, we got The Sims. We got Mario Galaxy. I probably want to talk about Mario Galaxy. I was going to say Galaxies. Yeah. I think that is the best platformer maybe. Yeah. So platformer. I said we were going to come back to this. Platformer is probably the type of game that most people are used to because it's associated with Mario. And I think a lot of people have played Mario. Platformer is a lot of jumping. That's really the best way to describe it. You're doing... Jumping platform to platform. Yeah, jumping like... platform to platform. You're trying to get from point A to point B. Side-scrolling. Yeah, the C road will be difficult and fraught with things with that you need to overcome. 
But I think that really for me, when it comes to platformers, I really only like Mario, I've come to find. There's a few rare exceptions to this, but for me, Mario is just so perfect. You and I need to play Shovel Knight together because it'd be hilarious. Oh, I have played Shovel Knight, but I don't really consider that a platformer. It's a weird platformer. It's a platformer. So is Ori. Yeah. Ori's like an RPG no, platformer. No, I like Ori, but I think Ori was a little bit too much for yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say no beginner should try to attempt Ori. Ori yeah. is top level platform. You will cry. Just don't do it. Ori is meant to be hard. Whereas Mario starts out very Mario light. teaches you. Yeah, it teaches you how to play the game very Ori slowly. Ori lets you suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Ori lets you suffer. Ori just keeps making it more and more difficult. There's a lot of a lot of dying in Ori. Yeah. Or whatever the equivalent is. But yeah. Mario, it's we were talking about this earlier because we were trying to think of ways to help people who haven't played games. Mario, especially lately, like updates and the remakes. It scales to you, and it helps you. It'll give you ways out. Like, if you're having a spot that you're just stuck on, that's one of the main killers of people trying to play video games, is they get stuck in a spot, they can't get past it. Yeah. Why would they keep playing? Mario, more often than not, the new ones give you, like, a way out. They give you kind of a cheat, like, you're having a tough time with this part, let's help you, you'll get past it, and then you'll be great again. Well, also, the other thing, too, I think, that's interesting about the Mario style. I mean, I think there's a couple other games that follow this format, but you don't have to beat everything to beat a Mario game. It's normally you have to about 50%. Yeah, so if you uh, find levels you hate or get stuck yeah, on, you just don't do them. them. So really what those extra levels are there are for the people who really do enjoy it. Or if, you know, if you do get to the end and you're like, you know what, I, I feel like I've learned. I do want a challenge. So then you go back and yeah. do it. Well, what was funny is they came out with the Mario Galaxy remake. And of course, Chris and I were like, oh my God. We're really good at that game, and I didn't really think about it, because we were just powering through that. We didn't skip anything. We were like, I know there's a hidden star on this stupid planet. We hadn't played this game in years, and we were still just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, I think we got more than halfway through the game in one night. We just crushed it. That is probably my favorite Mario game. Uh, well, I don't even know why I say probably. I know it is. <laughs> I know it is. because it's your favorite Mario game, but is it your favorite platformer of all time? Yeah, probably. Uh, Rayman Legends holds a very soft spot in my heart because it has Black Betty in it as well, a level. And that's just... Yeah. I love anything with music, so it's just like, they did Black Betty? And then they did Eye of the Tiger in a Marachi band? That speaks to me on so many levels. There's a <laughs> level called Snakes on a Cake. That one's pretty yeah. close for me. Rayman falls a little bit more in line with Julie because Rayman is a platformer, but I would say it's more of a music-oriented platformer. Like, there's a lot of timing that can be coordinated to the soundtrack. Mario's not really like that. This is how I kind of separate it. Mario, you can look at a level and think about it and be like, okay, this is what I have to do. There's kind of like, there's secrets, there's things to discover. Rayman, you never let go of the running button. That is the number one rule of Rayman. Never let go of the running button. You are always running. If you're not running, you're doing it wrong. And so people, especially when they play with me because I'm a master, they just fall behind. <laughs> they're, just, yeah. they're just lost to the void. There are levels specifically in Rayman not only are timed in that way where you have to go to the beat, there's other levels where it's like, you just have to go as fast as possible. Yeah. Or this will be gone forever. And I just, that's how I play games. And I'm like, this has to be done as fast as possible. And then I die a lot if it's not Rayman. Because <laughs> I'm just running off cliffs like, oh, there should have been something here. No, you have to wait for a platform. Wait? Who waits for things? <laughs> it should be here. I think that was kind of funny when we were 
playing Mario because I think that kind of came yeah, across. It came across because <laughs> I would get so far and you'd just be like, why didn't you just stop? I'm like, because there's a timer. You have two minutes to get one foot. I'm like, yeah. no, <laughs> you don't stop. I, I mean, I think that that is a little bit of good advice for people too is I think that's kind of one of the things that's interesting about platformers. They normally give you more time than you think you do. Things like Mario, there will be certain levels where they might give you a timer. It's normally more than you think it is. It's just there to put peer pressure on you. Well, I think we've talked enough about ourselves. Our next big thing is we're gonna, we already kind of hinted at it. We've talked about like Mario's a really good thing to kind of start off with, so it's Fire Emblem. But now we're really kind of get into convincing you to become a video game nerd if you aren't already. If you're not a gamer or if you're just looking to get back into it, these are kind of the steps or the systems or the games to play that we would probably recommend for people. And we're even going to try to talk about types we're not comfortable with necessarily. Like, we're not shooter people and we're also not extroverts, but we are going to help you anyway because yeah. you are a person too. And we appreciate yeah. it. Not that we understand you, but we're going to try. Generally, video games are made for introverts, but... But with the online <laughs> gameplay and everything like that, it's become a much bigger... Yeah. And yeah, that's... I mean, it's not entirely true. Video games are made for any type of person. And hopefully we've kind of covered that a little bit, talking about some of the things that we've talked about. But maybe we'll get into some of these others a little bit more. So we're starting with base level... Somebody who's really never played video games, I would probably recommend Nintendo and then with that, a Switch. I want to preface this with a game is not a company. So we tell you to go get a, like a Switch, Nintendo are great, but every company that has money has done something shitty or is shitty yeah. to some point. Harping on that beyond unexcusable things is silly. So if a console's good, Get the fucking console. Like, yeah. I don't... It's yeah. fine. If they're not sending money to Sauron or whatever, I don't really care. Like, it's yeah. fine. As long as yeah, my money doesn't that. go directly to ending the world. We do not condone the use of the one ring of power. <laughs> so if you and your company disagree with that, you will not get our money. If you have the one ring of power, we are... Uh, Advising you to throw it down into... <laughs> we are going to Sparta kick you into <laughs> Mount Doom. <laughs> So, yeah, so, so anyway, we were saying Switch is yeah. our recommended first console, which why is that, Krista? Well, it's easy to use. It's also easy to sell. It's it's one of those ones where it has a lot of nostalgia. It is generally marketed towards kids, which I don't want that to sound like it's a bad thing. It's really not. There's nothing wrong with having childlike wonderment. And because of the fact that it's generally sold to kids, it's easier to resell to somebody, for example, who does have kids. Yeah, so essentially this is kind of, while it might seem like a big commitment because it's a system and it costs money, we're saying that if you some if you find it, you hate it, you just can't stand it, it's a lot easier to get rid of than if you've got like a PS4 or the new, well, not if you got the new systems, but they're hard to get to. So it's, it's just one of those things. Yeah. It's not as big of a commitment as it may seem. Nintendo tends to hold its value for a long time, is basically the point that we're making. Whereas with other systems, especially when the newer ones come out... You have a very it, fine window. Yeah, <laughs> it'll lose its value very quickly. So Nintendo is good for just 
to try things out, to test the waters. Which and we have mentioned games already that are on the Nintendo. We were yeah. talking about Mario Galaxy got remade for it, so if you want to play that, that's on there. Or if you used to play games and you miss them, that has, like, Mario 64 updated yeah. a bit, that kind of stuff. It's great. You can also just go get, like, $30 in digital currency and just look up a bunch of random digital games that have been around yeah. forever. They have so many types of games. It even has The Witcher on it, which a lot of people with the show... Are curious about the game, which I will tell you the game and the show are different timelines. They're very different. I do like The Witcher, the game. One thing I would say about that, The Witcher is a bit difficult, so that's not necessarily the kind of game I would recommend to a new person, but if you really want to play it, if you really, really are curious, one piece of advice I would give for basically any game ever, don't be afraid to hit that easy button. I think that the, there's a lot of people who have fears about that, that it makes them feel lesser, but especially... When you're learning yeah, or, or first playthrough doesn't count is what I say. First playthrough, you're still figuring it out if you want to yeah. even like it. And The Witcher is just such a huge, overwhelming game. I, it took me forever to get to level 10 because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I was in normal. As soon as I hit level 10 and I understood what was going on, I was fine. But yeah. I would have dropped that game if someone didn't tell me basically to get to that point. Like, as soon as you get to this point, you'll love it. It's kind of like what Nintendo does where they give you an out. Don't be afraid to take those outs. You can always come back and play again and tell someone you played it on Insanity. Yeah. You don't have to do it all I in think, one time. Um, I think what Julie and I tend to do is that if we really like a game, what we'll do is we'll go back and play it on a harder difficulty. And especially for me particularly because I like games for stories, sometimes that's the better option for me because I don't want to sit there and just suffer. Until I get <laughs> yeah. to the next part of the story. Yeah. I want to experience the story. I don't want to so. sit and be stuck at a part for over an hour and get mad at the game and hate it at that point. Like, there's there's yeah. no reason to do that if you don't have to. If yeah. you have to, then that is what it is. So. so, other games we haven't mentioned that we definitely recommend on the Switch would be Stardew. We did talk about Stardew a little bit. Stardew, I think, is kind of a game that I think a lot of people could understand. Because this is kind of similar to some phone type of games like yeah. uh what was it farmville oh. yeah farmville like it's similar to that concept you have a farm you know you're building crops but it has a lot of little quirks and beauty it's also multiplayer you can't play couch co-op which means in layman's terms someone next to you has a controller playing the same thing with you but yeah it's very basic it's even pixelated but there's little quirks like i said not everything is just normal human stuff and then you're running a farm you can date. You can go to the beach every day and collect shells and sell them. Like, there's currency. Yeah, yeah and it's. I think it's the kind of game where it sounds weird when you say it like that, but I think it kind of goes with kind of what you were saying, where it's little tasks that you have to complete, and, you know, you're leading up to a big thing. It's a very so. relaxing game. There's no fighting. Yeah. Well, okay, there's a little fighting in the mines, but it's minimum, and you don't die. Yeah. You essentially just pass out and wake up at home, and the doctor finds you, like, 25 gold or something silly yeah. like that. So that's a very good game for that. Breath of the Wild is a must-have on Switch. I mentioned I wasn't allowed to play consoles, so I was not a Zelda person. I actively, other than music, I was just like, who likes Zelda and why? There's no reason. It's all just in your brain from nostalgia, and it's stupid, and I hate it. And then I played Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Breath of the Wild is an amazing game. Zelda fan or not, can't yeah. recommend it enough. It is huge. It can be as easy, as difficult as you want it to be. There's a lot to it. It is the weirdest game to explain, too, because there is a purpose. <laughs> there is a point. <laughs> but most of the time, not you're really. not going for you're that not point doing at that all. Point. You're just the exploring. Point, the point is essentially go defeat Ganon. 
you're not gonna. No. You're not gonna. And eventually it'll come back to you. You'll sit there and you'll be like, man, I have been walking across this landscape for hours. Man, Zelda, she must be suffering. I've been pl- making recipes all day <laughs> and collecting gourmet meat from the tundra. And making and finding fun outfits. And picking up bugs. <laughs> and, and I've loved every minute of it. Yeah, it is... It is the strangest game, and it's very different from other Zeldas, too. Uh, A lot of the other ones were a lot more straightforward. This one is, like, the first open world. Go do whatever you want. You see that mountain, you can go climb up that mountain if that's what you want to do. We're not saying you have to, but... (laughs) But if you feel it in your heart. (laughs) If you want to build your stats up, go up there. So, okay, so we recommended a console. There are some games on your phone we recommend... I think I'd have the conversation on Hearthstone here. Hearthstone is definitely a good one. This is a card game and a very easy card game to pick up. I mean, okay, I don't want to say easy like it's not complex. Yeah, there's a lot of but, there's a lot of thought behind it. But I mean, like you're it's not going to take you a long time to learn how to play this card game. When I tell people about Hearthstone, I always get the response. It's like, I don't want to spend money on cards, and if you don't spend money on cards, you can't play. So if you're playing like ranked tournament nonsense, yeah, you have to do that. What I do is not that. I do the Tavern Brawl, is what it's called. And then they also added a couple other things. Essentially, when you open it up, you'll see game types. Just start clicking on game types. There are a lot of types that let you build the deck as you're playing. So you don't have to have any of those cards, which means you don't have to spend any money. You're just figuring it out, and it's fun. The characters are from Warcraft, so it gives you a little bit of video game in that aspect. It gives you forward thinking on strategy when you start. It kind of just gets you in the mode. Like, you're playing a game... You're understanding why it's relaxing. It's just a half step in the door. Pokemon Go is a good one if you're into Pokemon and you just kind of want to experience that. It's kind of one of these ones. It's it's supposed to kind of get you walking and moving. And then there's also this aspect of you can capture little creatures. Again, I mean, I, I don't think we kind of said this at the beginning, but phone games are kind of going to tend to be on the simpler side. It's not going to normally be a very complex thing for Which, the most part. There are complex games on there, but they're super hella annoying to play on your phone because you need a controller. Like you're doing these, they actually yeah. have Jade Empire. Right. On your phone. We, we can't have, talk about that. Can't talk about it. They also have <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, which we also can't talk we about. We can't talk about anything. <laughs> you can play those on your phone, but unless you get, like, a controller, which they do have for your phone, they're more on the annoying side. Another yeah. one I could even throw in here, too, is there is a Fire Emblem. I think it's Fire Emblem Heroes. I mean, and that's another fun one. Again, it's fairly simple. It's kind of that one I would especially say is like chess. It's very, like, there's only a few actions you can do. It's one of these good ones where a lot of the phone games, they're kind of built around small tasks. Do this, this, and this, and then maybe you won't be able to do anything for a certain period of time. You can also play like a hundred dating sim games if you want. I totally didn't play some of those for however long. Never. I think it's just part of the experience. (laughs) I think everyone does it at some point in time. Yeah. Just Just like, eh. I just, I get sucked in. That's my problem. Is I'm like, this is so dumb, but I have to know why I shouldn't pick him. And just like, <laughs> I have to like keep going. I can't just leave it. No to. matter how stupid it is. I need to experience. I need to experience my life in the I prairie need, with him. Like, I need to see what it would be like to date the bad boy. <laughs> I need to know. I can't oh, do it in real life. I don't want to date the bad boy. I'm not dating an asshole in real life. But in a game, that sounds like a great idea. Which I showed Krista. I got into a, a dating sim that was like an anime one. And it was essentially like four types. 
of guys. But the story never changed and I kept trying to push forward to get it to change because you make choices. At some point, they're gonna know that I've decided on one of these men, but they keep just making them all love me the same and nothing changes. <laughs> it's making me so mad. But apparently it's this huge game and there was like an add-on for the app where you could listen to them talk to you to go to sleep, which they have very lovely voices. And I showed Krista and she's like, that's gotta be the loneliest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. <laughs> Thinking I was doing it. I'm like, I actually haven't done it. I was just interested because I do like some of the voices. I can see why people paid for it. But we listened to it and it just sounded so weird. It is. Because the guy, I'm trying to remember what he said. He said stuff like, is this okay? Like it sounded like he was trying to take away your virginity. And it was just the funniest thing. Am I hurting you? I was like, why would you say that? I'm trying to sleep. It was so great. Like, oh, God. That was beautiful. So you can yeah. play those games if you want to be obsessed with something for a short period of time. You know, and but also... they cost money. They get you trapped, and then they spend you spend all your money. Learning. Yeah, and, and I think, too, that that's kind of the reason why I don't end up liking the phone games. Not, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, they do that sometimes in just regular video games, too. They'll put paywalls so you can, you know, get certain items or whatever, but for me, when it comes to phone games, that's generally when I get annoyed. Once I get to the part where it's like, you need to pay real currency to make it work the way you want it to work. I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. With I usually this. set a limit. I, there's maybe been like a couple. I might have bought a couple Hearthstone packs because I do like Hearthstone. But it's just, it's normally once it gets to that amount, I'm like, eh. All right. So we kind of yeah. covered phone games. But if you're yeah. going in the opposite direction and you want to be super nerds like we are, what is the system we would recommend, Krista? The PlayStation. You heard it here, kids. Well, we are PlayStation fans. Not always, though, but... Yeah, not always. I mean, we've we have flopped both. back and forth. It's just... It probably has the best in terms of if you're going to play RPGs, and if you haven't been able to tell by now, we both really <laughs> That's like what RPGs. Towards. Xbox so, I mean, is more... Or Microsoft is more... About shooters and online co-op, so if you're more of an yeah. extrovert, that's probably more what you move towards. Yeah, and I mean, there there have been games I've liked on the Xbox before. It's just just a lot more options when it comes to RPGs for the PlayStation. PlayStation and, has Spider-Man. I mean, you can do extroverted stuff, too. <laughs> you can also be <laughs> But, yeah, because uh, PlayStation, it's got Red Dead Redemption, Spider-Man, well, God of War, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Detroit Become Human, which is a very good, easy yeah. game. I recommend that game for an RPG player. Someone who's yeah. like, they're talking about stories. I'd really be interested in that. Detroit Become Human is such a story. It's not even really a game. There's very little skill associated. It's just the only thing that's hard about it, if I had to pick something, it'd be timing. Because yeah. there are choices that if you don't pick them in time, you lose out on them. Some of them are significant, some of them aren't. And the best thing I think about that game is at the end of a level... It shows you a web of your choices. So you can yeah. see all the things you didn't get to accomplish because you made other choices. That game is probably my number one recommendation for someone who's never played a game and wants to start an RPG. Yeah. That one's right Yeah, there. I would agree with that. That one, that one's definitely a good one. I enjoyed that game. Uh, Super creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is. The story is a little weird. This is but... the only thing I'm going to say about it specifically. So you know how at the intro where you get to pick like, load game, save game, whatever, the opening. That AI there creepy if you like exit out of the game at the right time and come back right before you leave she like she'll freeze the game and tell you like do you think i'm a good person and you can't back out of it you have to answer her 
And then she like short circuits and goes back, hey, what do you plan on doing today? And you're just like, that's cool. And then you play. And when you come back the next time, she's not there. And it freaks me out. Yeah, it's, that game definitely is for, it. that gets like kind of into, I mean, I guess the best comparison would be like Westworld. It's, you know, it's about robots and humanity and, and that robots kind of thing. Where's the line between human humans and robots and synthetics? That kind yeah, of. so it does get into a little bit of a creepy story, but you know what? If you're you're into that, it is a good story. I'm not going to say it's a bad story. It's It's got its quirks and charms, just like, like anything. I think some of the other ones we got on the list earlier when I was talking about Persona 5. Persona 5 is on the PlayStation. We also have... Dragon Age, what? Thing we can't talk about. Number three. Number three can't talk about. All the things we can't talk about. Yeah, you should buy Dragon Age and play it now. But we'll talk more about that in episode four. We can't even talk about it next episode. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. Not Yeah, not at, we're leading in. We need yeah. you to have this all the of suspense. the scope. You will be very excited for it. Final part of this, really is the extroverted part of this. So I think a lot of, well, not all of it. We've given like a little bit of tips about extroverts and stuff. But I mean, I think that that is another good way to get into video games is, you know, playing with other people. Um, it's very natural. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of people probably have played some of their first games like that. Things like Mario Kart, things like Super Smash Brothers, you know, all of this stuff. So if you're an extrovert and you want to play good co-op games, the things that we probably would recommend are Gang Beasts. Wait, we have to pause. We have to talk about Gang Beasts before you just list them off. Gang Beasts is a stupid, stupid, stupid game. So one of the other things we are going to talk about is some people get intimidated playing with others because they're inexperienced. And they're just like, I'm just going to look stupid. I'm just going to be pressing buttons. That is what Gang Beasts is for. Gang yeah. Beasts, everyone looks dumb as hell because it makes no sense. I have had friends that like obsess over it and get a little good at the controls. But you still can't like beat an amateur who just somehow gets it right. <laughs> like it's yeah. just, it's Gang Beasts, the whole point is to survive. And you're this floppy, weird creature that you get to customize. And you're just trying to kill the other creatures by throwing them off stuff. <laughs> that is it. That is the, the whole yeah. game. And the controls are just not obvious. The controls are very like, wobbly and weird. Like, they're just not consistent. And right. it's great. That's definitely one of the co-op games I come back to a lot. I do play stuff like, you know, Smash and Mario Kart and stuff like that. But those ones definitely can be in it. Those are very intimidating with the... Yeah. Right kind of, and, or wrong kind of people. And those are definitely the kind of games where people get good at them. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, then it's not as fun. But Gang Base, yeah. Gang Base is a good one for just, you know, playing with your friends just to have fun. And really, yeah, nobody's going to be that great at it. So back to the list. Other ones on this list would be Among Us. I think this has kind of become a very popular one this year. That one... That it's one's like a simple. whodunit. Yeah, it's a yeah. whodunit. It's simple controls. You can have fun at any point or just goof off. You get to find out which one of your friends is good at lying. That kind of thing. Yeah. Good game. Basically in that one somebody kills somebody else and you have to figure out who the murderer is. Yeah. That's You're on a team and yeah. there's one or two murderers. They have a special ability that the other people don't. And while the people who aren't murderers, they have tasks. So they're in the middle of doing things. And they might get murdered during that. And every time someone's body gets discovered, you vote and try to decide who, yeah. who done it. And then if you can agree, you kick that person out and you either won or you kicked an innocent out. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but minutes. you're playing this, I, in, in case that's not clear, this is a co-op game. So you would be playing it, you know, with friends, family, all that type of stuff. And, you or know, just talking online. to each other. Yeah. Or you could just play um, it online with a bunch of random people. So there's that aspect of it, too, that you can, you know, you have to lie about being the murderer. And then somebody has to try to figure out, you know, are you lying? And it's like a party game. There's also a way out. A way out is a very strictly co-op game you can't play it by yourself you have to play it with someone with it's a two people and it's about getting out of jail and you can make choices so it is a little bit of an rpg in that aspect that the story does change with your choices as a team but it's it's a good good, it is a good one it's not hard we're trying to recommend games like when they're co-op we're trying to recommend rather easy games so that neither one of you get frustrated or neither one of you has an upper hand over the other yeah maybe someday we'll have the try hard episode of this (laughs) if you're the power couple this is the game for you i would (laughs) say like overcooks on there (laughs) yeah well i mean even smash and oh yeah smash mario kart yeah (laughs) all that stuff i there's still people i can't play mario kart with no uh, some of the other ones, just to kind of round off this list, are Lego games, which Lego games, they're just, they're kind of made to be kind of a little bit easier. They're not, it's nothing that's really going to take and a I, lot of effort. I think the best Lego game is Lego Hobbit. It's really well done. Lego Lord of the Rings is shit. Lego Hobbit's I great. liked Lego Harry Potter. Lego Harry Potter's good. The first I still think one. Lego Hobbit is my number one, though. There's also Mario 3D World, which would be more of the, it's a four player. Uh, well, you can also do it on your own, but you can play with four people and that's more of the multiplayer Mario platformer aspect. That one does get, can be a little bit hard if you're not maybe playing with the right types of people. I think it's fun enough, even during the chaos, that I would still <laughs> recommend that one. And then the last one, which I think probably a lot of people probably know about, either through their children, cousins, friend of friends, is Minecraft. Which, I don't even say that in a way to make it sound juvenile or, you know, whatever. It's a great game. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's like playing with Legos, you know, when you were a kid. You have all of this freedom and you can just do all of this stuff. And it's, it's another one, kind of like what we were saying before with Stardew Valley, where, you know, you have all these kind of like little things you need to do to keep up to survive to make it into the next days and things like that but other than that I mean if you see something and you're like I want to go climb up there and build a house up there you can do it yeah you can do it like the world is your oyster you can basically build go it's just great for mindless fun yeah mindless just do whatever you want try to survive try to build something stupid just because you want to it's it's one that's too like if you go and look at stuff about Minecraft, you'll see all this stuff where, like, people build really ridiculous things. And it it kind of is one of the things that's fun to do in that game. It's just, like, if you have an idea, you're like, I want to build that. Go but ahead. if you're not creative like me, you build, like, a house with all these resources and you bake cookies and you go into caves and explore and kill things. But also, I mean, I think sometimes, too, it's even just... Just a me- I wouldn't say I that, reach like, the top. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like great at architecture, but sometimes I'm like I want to build a tower. So then I do, and I'm I feel good about it afterwards, even if it looks shitty. I'm really proud of my spiral staircases whenever I accomplish it. Secret question. Oh no, Chris. Okay, I have no. I don't know what this question is, and Krista's been tormenting me with it this entire time, and it's probably really dumb. It probably is, especially now. My secret question, which I wanted to ask this because I don't really know the answer to this. How do you choose the games that you're going to play? So what 
like what's in like the, the moment thought, or what's like, the thought process because i don't know you play a lot of like very random games sometimes <laughs> and sometimes i'm surprised i think one aspect to keep in mind is that i worked at a video game store for like a decade so True. there's a lot of influence there from just i'll have a customer come in that's just like oh my god this is the greatest game in the whole world and i'm like why and then they sit there for two hours and tell me and i'm like you haven't convinced me and then other times at work some of the games that's how it's happened where just like the right person came in so it'd be like this podcast we could convince someone to play <laughs> a game through all this talk so i think it's always just like an outer influence someone just hits me at the right time and i'm like that that sounds like what i need Okay. Yeah, I was that. I was just genuinely curious about that because for some of them, I didn't really know the answer. I don't know. It just seems like sometimes you're in the RPG realm, and then other times you'll play things that just seem very out of that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that comes yeah, to how. be. <laughs> and then it'll be like your favorite game, and I'll be surprised. So, you you are actually the reason why I play Don't Starve. Yeah, Did I kind of I kind of remember that. Yeah. I kind of remember us playing. I mean, I'm also the reason you played Fable. So. Oh yeah. Well, I think that that's kind of it. So thanks for talking with us. And uh, next time, we're going to be talking. We're going to be delving more into the stuff that we couldn't talk about because Julie forbid it. I didn't forbid it. It was part of the outline. This was Passion for Your Passions with Julie. And Krista, where we talked about video games. Be so excited for the next episodes, like we are. We can talk about Bioware. Yeah, next episode will be Bioware. 